This is the new TC Pride Podcast, episode 133, on location at Twin Cities Pride Headquarters with Dot Belsler, Executive Director of Twin Cities Pride. TC Pride Podcast on location here at Twin Cities Pride Headquarters for a very special festival preview edition of the podcast. And I am here with... Dot Belsler, Executive Director of Twin Cities Pride. Dot, so great to see you here. I don't know if you heard, there's a big party coming up uh, like in next weekend in Loring Park. So I don't know if you heard about this. No, not at all. So, yeah, so we are we are in the thick of planning uh, the festival. So I don't want to take too much of your time. Uh, there are a couple of things we didn't want to talk about. Um, we just had a fantastic uh, Grand Marshal reception last week. So we want to make sure and talk about that a little bit. Uh, also, there are some changes coming to the festival and to the actual uh, parade this year. We want to make sure and talk about that. Um, and we're actually going to listen into some of the folks that we talked to with this year's uh, Grand Marshal reception. Um, but but first, um, you know, we also want to mention that uh, you know, on top of planning for this year's uh, big festival in in Loring Park, uh, Twin Cities Pride has actually been out supporting a lot of other prides uh, in the area already. Yeah, it's really important for us to get out there and support um, smaller prides around. Uh, we were at Pine City uh, a couple weeks ago, and then this last weekend we were at Golden Valley. And I just heard Columbia Heights is a planning of Pride Festival in July, so we're looking forward to supporting them as well. That's right. How cool is it that like not only are the smaller ones that have been around for a couple of years, they're, they're starting to grow and, and thrive, but there's all these new ones popping up too. It's awesome. I mean, there's Youth Pride happening over in Cushing or in Wisconsin that we're we're going to send a check to. Um, and they're, they're all over. And we're excited this year. So we'll be going to Mankato and, and Rochester and St. Cloud and Duluth after our Pride, too. That is awesome. People of Color Pride is also oh, in, in yeah. Pride, right? Yes, for sure. That's going to be in August, and that's going to be a three-day event. They're going to have some um, education as well as their um, festival itself. So we're looking forward to supporting that as well. Yeah, Super excited to see all the involvement uh, in the community. So let's jump right into it. Let's talk about this Grand Marshal reception. So this this was amazing. Uh, well, let's take from there. No, it was awesome. We were really pleased to honor Jessica uh, Flatiquel for uh, as Grand Marshal. Um, you know, Jessica passed away in April, and her wife um, was there uh, to accept the award on her behalf. Over twenty people nominated Jessica for that award, so that was just just really special. Um, we had, and for our. Um, community community award went to the ladies of the lakes and they're just a hoot you know they are great supporters of the community they do fundraisers all the time for different nonprofits. you can't not smile when when they walk into the room right exactly and and you can't not see them either so so they're they're a riot so yeah we had a silent auction in conjunction with that that event and and raised a lot of money to help support that and some of the other outreach that we do we had some great uh, corporate sponsorship and uh, support from some businesses in the community, too. For sure. We had um, quite a few um, events. Excel Energy Center donated a 30-person suite to the JLo concert. Yeah, that went for a lot of money. That was awesome. And um, we had we had stuff from the Twins and the Wild and and um, many small businesses around town. So it was really, um, it was really good this year. And, of course, our, uh, our corporate champion uh, this year. Uh, White Bear Mitsubishi. They have been just a huge supporter of Pride and other nonprofits for a very long time, and we thought it might be time to recognize recognize them as well. Yeah, they actually, in addition to, to being honored, they also uh, sponsored uh, the, the Pride song this year, which people have probably heard by now. 
Right. Miko Blaise Bordeaux wrote that after he collected um, feedback from on his Facebook page saying, what does pride mean to you? Got a ton of responses and wrote a beautiful song for it. And uh, we were able to buy the rights uh, to it so we could we could use it during pride season. It's it's catchy. I mean, you hear that song and it's like in your head all day. Exactly. Yes, it's it's going to be the new anthem. How's that? And speaking of the song, speaking of Miko, we actually did have an opportunity to speak to Miko at the reception. So uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a quick break. We're going to listen in to some of the folks that we talked to uh, at this year's event. Then we're going to come back and talk a little bit more uh, about the uh, the festival and the parade this year. Uh, so we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the Twin Cities Pride Podcast. TC Pride Podcast on location of the 2019 Grand Marshall Reception, and I'm here with... Darcy Bauman. Darcy, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful. So Darcy, so you're our board chair. Um, we're actually going to sit down and talk to you. We talked to you last year. Uh, we're going to talk again soon. Um, but right now, I wanted to, to talk to you about uh, our Grand Marshal. Um, you actually uh, introduced um, our, our Grand Marshal tonight. I, I got the sense it was a very personal moment for you. It was. Um, later in life, I decided to um, pursue my, my bachelor's. Um, and I went to Minnesota State Mankato, and that's where I met Jessica. You know, Jessica was just one of those people that you would walk into the room, it was, it was like instantly welcoming. It's like she intuitively knew what, what, what you needed, what you wanted at the moment, you know, and the space was welcoming, she was always there to help, and as, I know there were many people there that she helped navigate through coming out, and they're, they're younger and such, and, but for me, I was out, but I was in a world that I wasn't used to. As a first-generation college student, I didn't know how to navigate college, you know. And she was there for me as far as any questions I had. I could email her. Um, I could walk in the office, and she instantly would help me find an answer. You know, what's, what's really cool is that, uh, so Jessica was in Mankato, um, and, you know, in the Twin Cities, I mean, you know, we have a, a really large, really engaged LGBTQ plus community um, in a greater Minnesota, that, that isn't always the case, and, and those people uh, are, are like those beacons in those communities. They are, and I grew up in a rural community as well, and I could very much relate with, with what Jessica was doing, and I very much appreciated what Jessica was doing. Um, Jessica was not only a beacon in Mankato, but there were a lot of people that, you know, when you go off to college, you don't always go close to home. You go, you know, sometimes if you are not accepted at home, you go a little ways away from your family. And Jessica was that point that made people feel accepted when they went off. You know, she would, you know, I was reading some of the, the nominations that she got. And, you know, there was a trans man that, you know, came out, wasn't accepted by his family. And Jessica made him feel welcome. Not only did, he, did she make him feel welcome, she made sure all of his professors were using the proper pronoun. She made sure that he had safe housing. She made sure that his life in college was what he needed it to be. Well, it sounds like people like Jessica are few and far between. The world needs more people like Jessica. Thank you very much uh, for sharing uh, your memories. And uh, like I said, we're going to sit down and, and talk again soon about the festival and kind of all that stuff. But uh, it was great seeing you here tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much. Maria Bivacqua. I am the wife of the Grand Marshal, Jessica Flatiquel. Uh She is posthumously Grand Marshal as she passed away in April. Jessica was an activist. She was a social justice warrior. Jessica loved the LGBT queer communities. Um, she was an outspoken advocate for queer people and queer issues. And she's gone too soon. Her reach was 
tremendous because she may have been uh, kind of situated in Mankato, but many people came through Mankato who moved on to other locations who carried her spirit with them in the new places they went to, or they uh, came to MSU as students and then went on to jobs in nonprofits or in education in other parts of the state or uh, beyond the state and carried Jessica's uh, sense of pride and passion for LGBT issues wherever they went. So her reach was tremendous. And, and I'm sure it's obviously a bittersweet moment, but, but how does it feel um, on a personal level to, uh, to, to see all this love uh, for Jessica tonight and to have her honored this way? It's incredible. It's such an honor. Jessica would have loved to be honored in this way during her lifetime, and I am so thrilled to be accepting all of these honors and awards on her behalf. Um, I miss her terribly, and it is absolutely bittersweet is, is really the right word, um, because um, it is just so awful to talk about her in the past tense. I'm sure her life and her legacy was definitely worthy of all the celebration tonight. Thank you so much for your time, and um, we will talk to you again soon. Yes, you're very welcome, and thank you. Sister Luna, love a good time of the Ladies of the Lakes, the Twin City Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. So the sisters are, uh, are recognized this year. Yeah, so we were recognized this year by Twin Cities Pride. Um, we are getting the um, Community Champions Award um, for the work that we do in the community. Uh, we do the work for no recognition, but it is a pleasant surprise and really um, rewarding that we are being recognized and getting this award tonight. So we were chatting before we started recording here, and so I've, I've been doing this for a while, and I see you guys out there in the community just spreading happiness and joy and goodwill everywhere you go. Um, I know people really uh, appreciate the influence that, that you've had on this community. How does it feel uh, to, be, to be nominated and to be honored in this way? Um, it feels really awesome. It's really validating. Um, there's a lot of things that are validating about the work that we do out in the community. Um, when we talk to young people and they remember us, is very validating. Um, or people, you know, tell us their coming out stories, things like that, and it allows us to really get to know the people that we're serving in the community. Um, but it is uh, a little bit extra validation that we have a big award like this. Plus, we're looking forward to the convertible ride in the parade, so we don't have to walk because a lot of us wear heels. So we can also uh, look our best in the parade as well. Like I said, you guys have been doing this in the community for a long time, so a lot of people are familiar with the work that you do. What, what can you tell people about your mission that maybe aren't as familiar? Yeah, so our main mission is to spread joy and expiate stigmatic guilt. Um, because if I can go out looking like a queer clown drag nun, then you can be out in public, be proud of who you are, and look the way that you want to look and present yourself how you want to present yourself. Um, but we also do a lot more than just spread joy and expiate guilt. We also raise funds for various queer organizations throughout the city, throughout the state, throughout the country, depending on where we're asked. Um, and yeah, that's basically what we do. And if people want to find out more about the organization or maybe get involved? Um, yeah, so we all, if you ever see a sister, we all almost all have Facebooks for our sister selves. Um, we also have a website, lolsisters.org, is the sister website for the Ladies of the Lakes. Um, and that would be the best way to reach out to us if you are not on Facebook especially, um, or can't find a sister that's affiliated with the Ladies of the Lakes here. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on all the work you've done over the years. Uh, it's so great to have you guys honored in this way tonight. Uh, thanks, and we'll talk to you again soon. 
Yeah, thank you, and happy Pride. Blaze Bordeaux. Um, I actually wrote the song that they're going to be using for Pride. It's called My Pride. Uh, so I wrote it, and uh, White Bear Mitsubishi was bought it, sponsored it, and now it's the official song for Pride. So the thing that intrigued me the most about this is that, uh, so I'm a big karaoke fan, have been for a long time, but I understand you do it on a professional competitive level. Yes, I'm the 2018 World Karaoke Champion. Awesome. And how, so how does all that, how does that work? Um, so basically, the organization I uh, work with, it's Karaoke World Championships. They're actually in Minnesota. Um, and basically, I go to the, you can go to the Gay 90s, sing, qualify if you're good enough, judge and everything. You go to state final, and then they have several state finals throughout America. And then they all get together in Las Vegas for the national. And then we duke it out for the national title. Then at the national level, if you win, because there's only two winners, whoever those two winners are, then they get to go to the international competition, which this year will be in Tokyo, uh, Japan. And they made some big changes uh, recently with regards to gender identification. Yep, this year, 2018 was the first year that they removed the gendered categories. So instead of it being one female champion and one male champion, it's just one overall champion regardless of gender. That is so cool. And so uh, you you performed uh, the, the song tonight uh, that, that you wrote for the festival this year. How does it feel to be so deeply involved uh, in this community on that level? Um, it's really validating. It's also been really fun and cool because like, like this is the closest to a rock star I've ever felt like. Um, so it's been really cool. But the opportunities that have already blossomed just from this one project have been just unbelievable and like I will I'm just very grateful that they're helping me out as a trans man of color this is a big deal for me well, I think you made a lot of new fans tonight uh, where can people follow you online uh, maybe uh, download your music uh, so you can all major streaming platforms you can download my pride uh, if you look me under Miko Blaze Bordeaux that's like my full artist name um, other than that if you go on my site Blaze Bordeaux I'm on Facebook uh, Instagram Blaze BRDX uh, so yeah, look me up. Um, I've got plenty of shows around the Twin Cities, so I'm going to be pretty busy these next few weeks. Awesome. Well, it was so great to meet you. I look forward to hearing uh, more from you in the future. Hopefully talk to you again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Right, thanks. Happy Pride. You too. Happy Pride. Wally Swan. So Wally, you've been on the podcast before. We, we met a, a ways back. Uh, what have you been up to recently? Well, I uh, teach at uh, Walden University and Hamlin University in their master's program. Hamlin right now I'm teaching contemporary social policy issues and Walden I'm teaching organizational management and leadership. And I've just uh, edited a book that's taken about two years. It's for the leading publisher in the field of public administration and policy. It's called the Rutledge Handbook of LGBT Administration and Policy and uh, has seven chapters that I wrote and then 34 chapters from leading authors from around the country. And it does a variety of different things. One of the things that it does is we have been excluded from the 2020 census, so they're not counting us unless we're in a married couple. And we've never known how many LGBT people there are in the country. So I knew that was going to happen, so I talked to friends of mine at the Williams Institute at UCLA, and they put together a chapter based on the um, Gallup poll to tell us exactly how many LGBT people there are in the country. Race, ethnicity, income, everything you want to know is in one chapter, the, one of the first chapters about demographics. We have the first chapter on intersex, 
because one of the guys that I know from the American Society for Public Administration is intersex, and I asked him to write a chapter. So this is the first chapter that's been published on that subject. We have three chapters on transgender issues. Uh, we have uh, a chapter, a bisexual chapter. We have a wide variety of different topics. Homelessness for adults and seniors. We have lots of information about youth but nobody knows how many adults and seniors that are LGBT homeless. And they're homeless because of gentrification, of, because they, their partner died and they can't afford to pay the rent. Those kinds of issues we talk about. We've got a leading chapter, one of the first chapters on uh, incarcerated LGBT people, because somewhere around 30 to 40% of people in prison are generally tend to be LGBT people. So this book covers lots of different areas, almost everything you could imagine, including uh, talking about the National LGBT Chamber of Commerce, that we have a chapter here that's quorum, and I'm involved in that, and um, so I made sure we had a chapter about uh, our efforts on building businesses. We have um, a really good chapter on how to build relationships with other marginalized groups. We put a conference panel together at American Society for Public Administration where we had a table for each of the marginalized majority, uh, minorities, uh, women and African Americans, Hispanics, LGBT, Asian American. Then we randomly assigned people who came to the thing so that they wouldn't go to their own table. They had to learn about the other minorities. And it worked really slick, so I put a chapter in here about how to build those kinds of relationships. Fantastic. And so where can people find the book? Um, it is available on Amazon. You can go on to Amazon.com and uh, type in Wallace, W-A-L-L-A-C-E, Swan, S-W-A-N, just like the bird. And uh, Amazon.com, Wallace Swan, and then that book will come up. It's the 2019 book. I've written like about five or six other books on LGBT stuff. There's a 2015 one and earlier one, so buy the most current one, the 2019 one. So that's where it's uh, available. Well, thank you so much for all the important work that you've been doing in the community. I'm sure we'll see you again. Uh, thanks for being here tonight. Yeah, thank you very much. Awesome. Appreciate your work. Quinn Villa Gomez, AKA Shimmer. Quinn, how are you doing tonight? Good, how are you? It, I'm fantastic. How does it feel to be here with all these people celebrating Pride tonight? It feels beautiful, amazing to see the LGBTQ community come together, whether you're gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, I think it's a great thing to celebrate who we are. So tell people about uh, the work you do in community uh, who might not, be, uh, uh, might not be familiar. Sure, so I am a radio personality on a radio station called KFAI. It is a local community station here in the Twin Cities, um, and you uh, can check it out on 90.3 FM in Minneapolis. And the show is called Fresh Fruit and it is the longest running LGBT show in the nation. So I co-host every second Thursday of each month with my great friend Roxanne Anderson. We were chatting a little before we started here and uh, I understand you've discovered a new talent uh, that you didn't know you had. I did, um, a writer, so I now I'm a published, a published author. It's pretty awesome. Um, so I've written two articles uh, for the Twin Cities Pride Guide. Um, and my first one was in March on my best friend, Jonathan Bad Boy Gibson, who is a celebrity hair and makeup artist. And then I just did one that just came out today um, uh, with Dave Edwards, who is a visiting lecturer at Hamlin University and also a really uh, proud father of two beautiful, amazing daughters. 
and his daughter Hildy, who is one of my personal sheroes. Very cool. So where can people follow all the work you're doing and uh, find out uh, what you're doing on, uh, on online or at the radio station? Sure. So they can find me on Facebook. It's Quinn Villa Gomez. So it's Q-U-I-N-N-V-I-L-L-A-G-O-M-E-Z. They can also find me on Instagram at shimmerglitz13, S-H-I-M-M-E-R-G-L-I-T-Z 13. And I'm also uh, Q Villa Gomez on Twitter. Awesome. Great to see you as always, Quinn. I'm sure we'll see you soon. Thank you. And happy Pride. Station amazing. Happy Pride, everybody. Felix Foster, board member. And so this is your first time on the podcast. You've been on the board for a little while now, though. Yeah, uh, two years. It's been a lot of fun. I had only been to Pride like two times before that and before joining the board. And so it's been a lot of fun getting to like kind of see all the behind the scenes, getting help out a little here and there with everything that happens. And what was the event like tonight for people uh, that missed it? Pretty fun. We had some really good art pieces, some really, really good silent auction items. So a lot of stuff is going pretty fast. I'm excited about that. Good donations. Well, cool. I was surprised we hadn't had you on the podcast before. So it was really great to have you on. And I'm sure we'll uh, be seeing a whole lot of each other over the next few weeks. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Samantha Landvik. I think that every time June rolls around, it's a very exciting and emotional experience. And especially this year when we're honoring uh, someone who has recently passed away as our Grand Marshal, it becomes even more um, exciting and, uh, you know, slightly saddening to just know that so many people have dedicated and contributed so much of their lives to the cause of pride and, you know, have passed away also, you know, for their contribution to this movement. So what can you tell people about the experience of being a board member for Twin Cities Pride? I think that being a board member of a nonprofit that serves so many community members in a large metropolitan area is a challenge. It requires um, sustained contribution and perseverance and a just genuine desire to give back in whatever you may, what, whatever may be needed of you. You have to be willing to contribute. Well, thank you so much for your time. I'm sure we're going to be seeing a whole lot of each other over the next few weeks. I uh, can't believe this is the first time you've been on the podcast, but I'm looking forward to having you on again. Happy Pride. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Happy Pride. And we're back. Thanks for listening to the Twin Cities Pride podcast here with Twin Cities Pride Executive Director, Dot Belsler. So, Dot, there are some big changes coming to the festival this year. Uh, maybe you wanted to talk a little about that. Sure. I think the biggest one is that we moved our Pride a week early. We're normally the last full weekend of the month, but since this year is the 50th anniversary of Stonewall and New York City is hosting World Pride on our regular weekend, uh, we deferred to them. Uh, most of our volunteers want to go anyway, so we probably wouldn't have been able to pull off a Pride the last weekend of the month. Uh, the other big change we have is our normal parade route is under construction. So we're going to be going down 2nd Avenue. It's like there's more under construction than not under construction, I think, this year in the city of Minneapolis. It is crazy. Uh, try to try to get through downtown. Um, so it'll, it'll start um, at 3rd Street on 2nd Avenue and then come all the way down and round in front of the convention center. Center where it turns into Grant and uh, then directly into the park from there. Marchers will walk straight ahead into the park and floats and, and uh, other vehicles can turn right on LaSalle to break down. So this also affects uh, our annual rainbow run as well, I'm assuming, right? Absolutely. So uh, we had to find a new route for the run uh, because we always like to have the last mile beyond the parade route. It's going to be on West River Parkway, and then they'll be running up to the Stone Arch Bridge and then coming across uh, there and then over to Second Avenue to the parade route. 
So, um, and then they'll be up on the parade road. <laughs> That's right. And of course, updated information can always be found on the new website. Let's talk about the new website. So I think last year we kind of kicked off the new website. Um, it's been developing throughout the year. I was just checking it out. Um, there are lots of like cool accessibility features. Uh, we really want to make sure that the website is inclusive to everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, we uh, uh, for folks that really need a, a reader, um, there's a little icon on the upper right hand side of the homepage or all the pages that you can click on and it, it becomes an accessible, accessible feature. Um, and we're also really striving to put more accessibility into the festival and the parade itself. Um, for the parade, we have our grandstand area. It's going to be in front of the convention center, but we're carving out a spot, too, for ADAs, for wheelchairs, so that it doesn't have the median in front of it, so, so people can actually see the parade. Um, so, and in the park itself, we, we have our big concert, uh, TLC, um, and we made sure to offer ADA and ASL seating and we're going to have to make that platform really big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we actually did talk about that uh, a little bit with, with Deshaun. Um, if, if someone is interested in checking out some of the entertainment um, that does have uh, accessibility uh, needs, they can always reach out to the festival and do everything we can to accommodate them. I mean, that, that's one thing about Twin Cities Pride, just in the time that I've been uh, involved with the organization, like every year, it's just leaps and bounds, is doing everything we can to make sure that, that we're really inclusive of everybody. We really try to do that. Um, I know like on our map this year, we're going to have um, a, the suggestion for the best place for Metro Mobility to drop you off. And we'll have uh, charging stations at both, wheelchair charging stations at both of our our uh, first aid first aid stations. So, um, and and they always have, you know, if somebody gets too hot or whatever, there's always um, ice ice uh, packs available. Um, the the first aid station that's closest to operations also has air conditioning. And, and of course, the uh, the escape space will, will be back, right? Yeah, well, uh, the Autism Society of Minnesota um, operates a, a tent called the es- Escape Space. Uh, it's air-conditioned, has tables and chairs. They bring in some activities. Um, and it's just a place for people to chill, you know, just um, get out of the crowds when it when it gets to be too um, too hectic, too, too nuts. <laughs> And so, you know, you also mentioned, um, you know, people getting too hot, maybe zoom out a little bit. So in a more general terms, um, we did just want to say just just a few words. Um, We're going to try to to talk more about this on the podcast here leading up to the actual festival. Um, But uh, we did want to say a couple of words about making sure that that you are taking care of yourself uh, at the festival this year. For sure. You know, I think that's common. Um, advice to make sure that you're hydrating and drinking water. We have free water stations in the park. Every pop booth has, has a, a, I don't know, I call it a bubbler, but I don't know what it's really called. Um, and so you can fill up your own water bottle. You can buy a water bottle from us, um, whatever. So, so make sure that you are drinking water. Um, also, you know, one of the things that we've seen in the Twin Cities lately is uh, the massive overdoses um, that that is just shocking in numbers, and you know. So, well, so we um, are partnering with a Straight Reach team to have Narcan available on site. Um, so, if anybody um, sees any, no, has a situation, you know, their friend is overdosed. What um, we actually have a number you can text to, so you don't have to call. Um, and that's going to be posted um, online for sure, and um, 
uh, we'll be sharing that out widely. And, and actually have that number here. So uh, if people want to just make sure you have this number with you. So it is 612-516-3036. And people, I mean, hey, if, if there is any question, right? If there's any question, uh, better safe than sorry is kind of the way I think, think about it. Um, for whatever safety concerns uh, you might have. Even if it turns out to be nothing, it's better to be safe uh, than sorry. So, so don't be afraid to use that number. Absolutely. And you can, you know, take a picture of where you're at in the park and text that along with. Otherwise, you can look at the booths. All the booths have a number on them. They're color coded um, and, and they have a number tag right on the front of them. So it's important not only that you, re, you know, call for help, but know where you are so we can get help there because that's what we want to do is just help people and make sure um, everyone is safe at Pride. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it is the 50th uh, anniversary of Stonewall. There'll be a lot of opportunities to party like it's 1999, especially with uh, TLC being there, actually, <laughs> literally like it's 1999. Um, but uh, we really want to do to make sure we're taking care of ourselves and making sure we take care uh, of each other. That's really what it's, what it's all about. Um, there are uh, other uh, events actually coming up that we want to talk about, uh, maybe a little bit more family friendly where people won't be, you know, partying like rock stars. But uh, and one of them is coming up uh, this, this coming weekend, too. Right. Our family fun day at Como Park is this Sunday, uh, June 16th, 11 to 2 at the Como Park East Pavilions. The easiest way to get there is park in their uh, shuttle lot and take the shuttle over from from that. You can check that out on the Como Zoo website. Um, but it's a it's a great fun day. There's games for the kids. There's free hot dogs and corn on the cob, which is everybody's favorite, um, watermelon and, and drinks. Um the Minnesota Twins are going to be there with some games and a couple of sponsors have some really cool games. Um, so it's, it's just a great way um, for folks who are sober to celebrate Pride, too. Yeah, we got to send a shout out to the to the Minnesota Twins, uh, too, especially who just over the last few years have really stepped up to, to support Twin Cities Pride and the entire LGBTQ uh, plus community. Right. And they, they, the twins, uh, yes, they have been huge supporters. And even the Vikings get this, I have, have become more supportive. How's that? Um, they are selling Viking Pride merchandise in their booth at Pride. They're giving all the proceeds to Twin Cities Pride for our outreach efforts. So we're super excited about that. Yeah, you know, you know, one of the things that, that I've heard about the the Family Fun Day, uh, just from people, just from talking to people in the community, is that they, it really, I mean, as as inclusive as, as the Twin Cities, you know, can be, maybe compared to some other parts of the country, um, that that's one thing that I've heard from from families is that this is really like one of the spaces, like every year, where you can just get together with a ton of other families that are, you know, similar in some ways to yours, but obviously like different as well. Um, but just I know Twin Cities Pride goes out of their way to make sure that this is a safe, family friendly uh, space at least one time a year, like. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, you know, it, they're, they're, every place should be like this all year long. Unfortunately, it's not that way. But uh, Twin Cities Pride goes out of the way to make sure uh, that the Family Fun Day is, is always a family, uh, safe, family uh, friendly event. Um, and, you know, speaking of safety, we want we do want to talk about sort of like, you know, the, the festival in general. Um, you know, there have been some safety, let's just say some safety concerns over the last couple of years. And we're actually going to sit down and talk to Darcy, our executive director, uh, in a little more depth uh, about this. But, you know, we did just want to make sure that people uh, do know that there is a lot of work going on behind the scenes. I- I've been involved in, you know, some of the planning uh, sessions and the board meetings. Um, I know personally that there is there there is a lot of work done uh, leading up to the festival to make sure that no matter what, uh, that the, I mean, 
as far as I can tell, uh, Loring Park is going to be about the safest place in the state of Minnesota. Uh, the festival weekend, and that goes with all the events uh, that, that Twin Cities Prides hold. Uh, safety is, is really a key concern. Right. You know, in our, our lead safety, our volunteers, we really kind of start with, with our volunteers. And then um, our next level is our hired security. Um, and then the last kind of level is the the Minneapolis Park Police. Um, we know we're really aware and sensitive to the fact that queer people of color and trans folks often do not have great experience with police. So we really kind of keep them as as really a last resort when there's a public safety issue. So really, our volunteers are kind of the first first line of defense, which which we like a lot. I mean, it's obviously less intimidating if somebody if you're talking to somebody versus when there's a police uh, uniform police officer in your face. Right. Uh, we also did want to talk about um, volunteers. So uh, we we talk about this every year. Like this would not happen plain and simple would not happen without all the volunteers. Um, and there are still opportunities available for volunteers uh, to get to get involved. Absolutely. You know, our volunteers are the best. Um, we have a, our staff is two people. You know, there is no way we could pull this off. We have a staff about 20 volunteers who are really our year round. They're the heart and soul of pride. They're the folks that use their PTO to put pride on for everybody else. But then we have about 700 uh, weekend volunteers, and we're probably only about half full right now, so we could really use some help. People can just email volunteer at tcpride.org uh, to get in touch with Becky, our our volunteer manager, um, and she can set you up. If you have a group of people, that's even better. Um, the parade usually needs a lot of volunteers, especially being on the new route this year. People aren't going to be familiar with where we're going. And, you know, so in addition to the volunteers, um, you know, there's also a lot of uh, corporate support and a lot of business leaders in the community also chip in to make this uh, this little party uh, in June happen every year. Uh, I'm sure there, there are some people you probably want to uh, to, to thank and uh, uh, make sure people know about their support. Sure. Well, so our biggest sponsors, of course, are Target and Delta. And, you know, I think that the corporate support really is driven by employees of the company, the LGBT employees and the employee resource groups. They are, um, they really push it in their companies. I know we get some grief sometimes about pride is too corporate or whatnot. It's like, well, the corporate sponsors are the reason pride is free. (laughs) So we have to, we have a little balancing act there um, to make sure um, that we can keep the festival free for everybody to attend. Um, we have a lot of new companies involved this year. Um, uh, Securian get, is the first time that they've ever sponsored anything. They'll be at the Family Fun Day this weekend. Sweet. Deluxe, Deloitte, um, a lot are sponsoring the Rainbow Run and and several others. And it's just it's refreshing to see um, companies are finally getting it that. They need to support the community. The, the floodgates uh, have begun to open, it kind of feels like, huh? Exactly. Yep. And, of course, we also want to to, uh, to remind people that this isn't just one weekend in June, that Twin Cities Pride is working all year long. Uh, there are lots of ways for people to get involved. Um, you know, it's, it's great that we have people that come out and, you know, want to volunteer and help uh, during June, during Pride Month, during the festival. But there are a lot of different ways to get involved, including financially and volunteering at events uh, uh, throughout the year. Right. We do try to create those safe spaces throughout the year and not just in June. 
right? Um, so I know we're going to have a, a family day out at Valley Fair in August, um, and we uh, are in the midst of planning that. Um, we've kind of taken a backseat the last couple of weeks, oh, yeah, sure. um, but always just check on our check our Facebook page or our website for what what events that we have going on. We'd love to see you. Uh, we do create a couple other family events um, throughout the year. We do a, a fall, um, kind of a fall festival. And then um, this year we did a Valentine's Day um, drag brunch for families. Yeah. Uh, the last thing we want to mention is that there, there there's some new swag. There's some new uh, there, there's some new T-shirts and there, there's a new design this year, which is really cool. That maybe you can, maybe you can talk about that. That's going to be available at the festival this time for the for the first time, as far as I know. So yeah, we just um, we just got some fun new hoodies that have the pride logo and and stitch into the into the hood. So it's kind of fun and it's kind of a tone on tone uh, gray or navy uh, hoodie. So it's 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 just fun. Yeah. Um, we have some new t-shirt designs too that we'll have at the festival. It's it's really cool because you know there's a lot of rainbows and glitter and everything at, at pride. This is it's it's so cool because it's gray on gray and it's really going to pop against all the other stuff. So I'm I'm really excited for for people to check that out. Um, and of course by purchasing merchandise uh, at the, this this is we have to reiterate to people this is the biggest fundraiser of the year for Twin Cities Pride to be able to do the work that they do. So you know stop by the merch booth and and buy you know even if it's one T-shirt even if it's a sippy cup or whatever it is uh, everything you buy uh, that's Pride branded is, is is helping to contribute to the work that that Twin Cities Pride does all year. Thank you very much. Yeah, we um, we do count on the festival as our primary fundraiser. It really helps drive, all, like you said, all the work that we do year round. And of course, uh, besides the, the Twin Cities Pride, uh, the tcpride.org website, the official website for the organization, uh, there's also the new tcpridemag.com uh, uh, site, which is the official site uh, for the new Twin Cities Pride uh, magazine. Right. Yep. TCPrideMag.com is uh, our pride guide issue is up there right now. And all the previous editions are also up there. We'll be adding some new online articles um, uh, right through pride season and and ongoing. Um, Our next issue comes out in August. But if you go to that website, you can find uh, the locator uh, where you can find... um, the Pride magazine, the Pride Guide. So so it's out. There's like 25,000 copies in 400 locations, something like that. Basically everywhere you can get the Growler for the most part, right? Yes, for sure. Yeah, if you've seen the Growler someplace, ask them for the Pride magazine. Yeah, I actually heard a story that uh, there, are, there are a few places throughout the Twin Cities where they're actually running out of Pride guys before they're running out of Growlers. There's the guys at the Growler are really are, are loving. They're excited about that. Um, but yeah, that's a really great way to uh, to stay in touch with uh, stuff that's going on throughout the the. Twin Cities LGBTQ plus um, an allied community. Um, also, you know, really quickly, we want to mention that this is another opportunity uh, for community members uh, to get involved. So uh, we talked to John Garland recently, their creative director, um, and this is this is really an opportunity for some of the parts of the community, uh, some of the letters in the acronym, if you will, uh, that have maybe traditionally been maybe less represented um, to to have their voice heard. I mean, the Twin Cities Pride uh, podcast has really been. I mean that that has really been you know one of my main focuses uh in doing this for the last uh number of years um but that is really uh, a core principle of the new twin cities pride magazine and uh and the the website that goes along with it to really elevate these voices of some of the parts of the community that have that have been traditionally have had less access to a platform and to a voice to having their voice heard 
right? We really strive for diversity. The when we first started working with the growler folks, that was kind of one of our key things is that all parts of our community needed to be represented. Um, I, for example, this uh, Quinn, Quinn Villa Gomez, um, beautiful trans woman of color, has an article in each of the four editions this year. Um, and it's great to hear from voices, like you said, that really aren't heard very much. You know, there's an op-ed, uh, Rocky from Avenues for Homeless Youth wrote uh, a lovely op-ed. There's an article about Roxanne Anderson and their work uh, with uh, Community Center. Um, there, There's uh, poetry and there's all sorts of art and it's just it's it's fun to look at yeah yeah and i feel like you know hey if if you do want to get involved you know hey make sure uh you reach out there all kinds of opportunities um and and twin cities pride is really encouraging people from from all over the community from all the different areas of the community to to get involved so we hope people will will definitely reach out um so uh with that i guess we're gonna gonna wrap up and let you get back to to work here is there anything else you, you wanted to like let people know about the festival anybody you wanted to thank or uh or as as we're wrapping up here well i just want to wish everybody a happy pride and we'll see you next week all right thanks so much dot uh that is gonna do it for this episode of the twin cities pride podcast and we will see you next time TC Pride Podcast is a production of the Nonpod, nonprofit podcast community at Twin Cities Pride. Subscribe now on iTunes, on Android, or by email at tcpridepodcast.org. Because we're in this together. Nonpod turns your email newsletter, blog, or video content into a more powerful, more personal, more intimate, on-demand listening experience. Your podcast, your story, your voice, simplified, amplified. Learn more now at nonpod.com.